so much for this day, and thank you for uh, this uh, wonderful thing called life. You're our creator. You've given us uh, amazing bodies. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, and yet we live in a world that is beautiful and magnificent and glorious, filled with splendor, mystery, wonder, and awe. And we thank you for the breath of life. But more than that, we thank you for Christ the Lord, who is our Redeemer. So we thank you for redemption, that you have purchased us with the blood of your Son who paid the price for our sin. And we're grateful for it. Each one of us in this room here this morning that know you, and we just uh, thank you and fall down in our hearts and we worship you. We thank you for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit who it's promised the Spirit of God lives in each one of us and our bodies are the dwelling places of God. And we're grateful and thankful for that. We pray, Father, that you would use us as missionaries and ministers as we're the servants of Christ as we scatter into our, in a few minutes into our families, into the community, places where we work and study and play, and may we be uh, your epistle, known and read of all people, that people would know that there's something uniquely, wonderfully different about each one of us, that we're your trophies of grace, and that you would burden our hearts to rescue the perishing and care for the dying, and in perfect ways that we would share the love of Christ, the greatest love story ever told uh, with those around us. We pray for that. Uh, teach us your word this morning. Strengthen us, Lord. Grow us in grace. Encourage the faint-hearted. Oh, aren't we, though? The weak. Oh, aren't we, though? And uh, easily uh, hopeless. Lord, fill our hearts with great hope. And, and may we say, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We love you so. Uh, accomplish your purpose for this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we look at the text, just like the uh, Catherine, before you slip to the side, but it's great to have uh, Ray and Catherine Hines with us, and we, we've been praying that uh, the Lord would soon ship you guys out. We don't pray that about many folks, but soon be going to the Far East, and we're excited about that, Ray, for you guys. Well, I've entitled the message today, Contentment Now and Forever. You should know that Psalm 16, the psalm that Stephen just read, was uh, the very favorite of uh, uh, Jonathan Edwards, that uh, great pastor of the 1700s, this was his favorite psalm of the whole Psalter, and 1611 was his favorite life verse. Have you ever had a life verse? I've had like six of them. I like one for a while. I'm like That's why I no longer call it my life verse, because I'm at different stages and different verses really impact me, but 1611 uh, was uh, his favorite life verse. You have made known to me the path of life, and in your presence there's fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Well, contentment, now and forever. You know, discontentment seems to be uh, the spirit of our day. Do you see it? Do you see it like I do? I saw it recently in a survey, and everything is this... Uh, Everything is a poll now. I guess it's sociological, moral, sociological, whatever. You know, you run a poll on this and that. And, and I always think of that expression, uh, numbers lie and liars use numbers. You know, I don't know how to think about all those kind of things. And I know not you. You always cut it straight and all that. But still, you, I wonder about that. Uh, I saw a poll that said that the great majority of Americans no longer believe in the American dream. And then they went on to express it. 
that if you work hard and uh, you carry on that way, you'll end up being rich. I said to Faith, when, when did that change? When did that become the American dream? I never heard that. I, I never heard that you get I was never raised that way. Work hard and you'll get, I, I, what happens? Uh, is, is it Oz? They change smoke and mirrors and, and this and that. It was work hard under God's blessing and uh, God will use that probably to supply food for you and shoes for your kids and a roof overhead and all the rest. And to become rich, when did it change? I asked Jonathan about that. I go, he said to me yesterday on the phone, he said, Dad, he said, that changed 20 years ago. I'm surprised you didn't know it. <laughs> it was just, in our generation, such the easy generation, it just comes to us, and we just figure it's going to come to us, you know? just comes to it. Well, it doesn't just come. And wealth, and I think the TV and the media and all that, and, you know, you say, I, I see that, I want that, I deserve that, and all this and this, it feeds that spirit of discontentment. Don't you see it? I, I feel it almost more than ever, not only politically, but in a lot of ways, economically. In a, there seems to be a, a great restlessness, that's the blank there, in the souls of men and women who yearn to have it all and believe they deserve it. That's the kicker on it. They got it, I deserve it, where's mine? And it's not going to happen, right? It's not going to happen. I mean, the, that, it, this, look, this is not heaven. There's some folks that have no hope of heaven in their heart, and they expect that they're going to have heaven here. I don't read that. This was paradise, but it was paradise lost. Read Genesis 3. Right now it's in the day you, see, you eat it, you'll die, and you'll die indeed. And the dust of death is everywhere. Discontentment, discouragement, sickness, crumbling bodies. This is not heaven. I think sometimes uh, when people talk about retirement, like, oh, you deserve that, like in this idea of creating this period of time called work, and then I got this extended time where I just deserve to do nothing, you know, and I, it just, I get mine that way, and I think it's a substitute for, for heaven because if you look at this is all there is, then I got to have some time of paradise gained where it's just sitting, uh, you know, on a tropical island drinking coconut juice or something. I, I don't know what, you know, that's, God said work's a good thing. I love to hear my mother, she's 80, and she works two hours a day, Monday to Friday in the public show. I love work. I love work. Gives me a reason to get up and do something, be productive. And I go like, yes, that's why God made work. It's a good thing. There's this discontentment. Like, I deserve it. I ought to have it. It's mine. They got it. What was in this envy, covet? Well, on your sheet, it shouldn't surprise us. For this is a direct result, I believe, a culture that has turned away from God yearns to make a sort of heaven on earth. Now, I remind you that even Christians, believe it or not, believe it or not, can be filled with discon uh, discontentment. Do you believe that? Absolutely. I've seen a bunch of us, right? We can, we can too, by what? Taking our eyes off Jesus, attempting to satisfy our hearts with stuff, in things that were never designed to provide the deep satisfaction that you crave and I crave. Never will it. Never. Not a girlfriend, not a boyfriend, not a husband, not a child. None of that, as great as they may be in the right place and all that, were made to take the, the place of God and to provide the be-all, end-all. I can't get no satisfaction. 
That's the man in the street, the woman in the street. Uh, but I tried, and I tried, and I tried. Look, God made us for himself, every human being. And until we find our at home with God, we are always restless. And David writes this wonderful psalm that talks about contentment now and forever, and I absolutely love it. I do. He reminds us that the deepest yearnings are only satisfied in knowing and walking with the Lord. That's it. That's it. I've had some great joys in my life. I've had. I've had a, I've had a veil of tears, too, from time to time. And through it all, it's uh, not winning an award on the football team or winning a this or that or doing this or that or having a child or having some sort of success or academic or whatever and all that. And it's like, is that all there is? Remember that song? Is that all there is to a fire? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? We have it. It's like a hit, you know. You kind of go like, whoo, hey, I got the award. Boom. Then Monday comes. Oh, my. Monday. <laughs> Monday, Monday. Rainy days and what? Never says Friday. Have you ever noticed that? Rainy days and Friday. Everyone's kind of happier on Friday, I guess. Anyway, it's, we're only satisfied. The deepest yearnings of your heart are to be found in the Lord. David tells us that the Lord is his portion in life and his deliverer in death. And Jesus is the prescription for discontentment. Well, this psalm, I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I hate to rush through it. It's seems to speak to what we need. Tell me why you think some people are, have struggled with discontentment. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Well, what are some of the things that may cause you to struggle? And maybe we'll continue this next week so I don't rush through the wonder of this. John? The... Yeah, we live with, and, and the grass is not greener, is it? Have you ever noticed that? It's only greener over the septic tank. <laughs> That's right. Who said that? Irma Bombeck, right? That's right. And that uh, is not the idea. The grass is greener. We think it is, don't we? Do, do you think a lot of folks do that? They're always looking over at their neighbor. Ah, he's got, you think that happens or no? Yeah? Do you? Yes? Covetous, what do you mean, Bev? Mm hmm. You believe Christians covet? We battle that? Mm hmm. What else? What else? Yes, yeah, Susan. Hey, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's exactly right. And in fact, uh, I go a step further. You know, I'm coming to a point where it, the, the simpler you live, the less entangled you are, the less of a slave you are. Now you think about that. I mean, it goes back to my father's old expression. I'll tell you one thing, son, travel light. I'm like, ah. Uh. 
I'm starting to see a whole different dimension of that I never saw before. And I go like, wow. Yeah. You know, and the perils in the Proverbs, right? The perils are in the Proverbs, Solomon prays, uh, give me neither poverty, what? Why, I might dishonor you by stealing, but give me neither riches than otherwise, or I'll forget you. Sign our God, I've got it from here. Right? That's our, that's our dilemma. Have too little, steal and defame the name of the Lord. Have too much and go like, eh, I don't need God today. Right? What else? What, what, what a, a Galen? Well, where do we get that from? From the government. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I, I deserve this, I deserve it all. I saw some more hands. Stephen? That's Amazon River, not Amazon.com. <laughs> I clarify that. <laughs> yes, that's that's right. Yes, John. true. It is true. What did Jesus say about a wealthy man in uh, the kingdom of heaven? What did he say? For a, for a wealthy man, why? Why is it harder? Is, is the gospel harder to reach a wealthy man? No. What's the problem? That's right. He's, he's focused on uh, all the contentment that he can create in his own life. Can Sort of a heaven on earth. Harder for a wealthy man to be saved than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible, Jesus goes on to say there. Have you ever had a... Yes, Ron? Yeah, what, what do you mean? It sounds like, I mean, I don't know, but they talk like drugs are the same. You get a hit, but they, you got it, to, and then you're finally addicted to this. Faithy? How many, uh, that's a good question to ask. Faith is saying, when life turns out different than you thought. How many of you had your life turned out to what you were thinking it would be? Raise your hand. 
Okay, we, uh, how many think uh, it, it was pretty much hauled together? I would never have seen it. It turned out that way. Kind of like, what went? How many are, aren't sure of the question? <laughs> what? So, oh, in the middle, sort of. Yeah, man, oh, so, okay. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Rich. There, maybe that's where that was coming from. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, did you, and other hands, I saw someone, I didn't want to cut anybody off. Did you ever, Mike? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, that's right. Yeah, that's right, sure. Yeah, that's right. And And also, you know, you think of, of uh, we've all had the experience where we kind of get locked on to getting something, a thing now, or, or maybe it's a degree. You mentioned degrees, you guys, and you just you're, you're focused on it. And maybe you're saving up for the thing, and then finally you go, ah, oh, the day arrived, and I get it, right? You're like, I'll be content forever and ever, right? Have you ever? I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's, that's a, just a sad reality that it, after about three days, you kick it in the corner, don't know what it is, and so what, right? Have you learned that? Have you learned that stuff like that never, never, I don't care how great it is, you know, you finally work and get the degree, you're standing in the unemployment line. Wow, they, they didn't tell me that. And, and, and whatever, it starts even as a little kid, like you're saving up for something, you're like, is that it? Because none of that stuff was meant to satisfy. It's okay in its place, but it will never satisfy. Only the Lord is the source of our satisfaction. I see it more clearly now than ever in my own life. Look at Hebrews uh, 13. I want to share with you uh, in closing, and we'll come back and look at this. Reread Psalm 16 for next week. But look at this. I was going to take you here anyway. In Hebrews 13, this is a verse that I learned a long time ago, and the Lord uh, really put in my heart to memorize it. And I memorized it in the King James. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And this has uh, stayed with me well uh, all of uh, my life. King James puts, And let your conversation... Uh, be without covetousness, ESV says, in your hand and mine. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content. There it is, circle that. Be content with what you have. Be content. You'll be so markedly different if you find your contentment in what he's going to tell us here than all that are around. They'll think you're onto something or something. 
the joy and the satisfaction and the pleasure of life in each moment, each day, in heaven to look forward to, people go like, what, what is up with that person? From the heart out. Let your conversation, let your, uh, keep your life free from the love of money and be content. It's, a, it's imperative. With what you have, for he, it's talking about the Lord himself, said, I will never leave you, nor I will never forsake you. So that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I'll not fear what can man do to me. Here's the point he's saying here. Don't walk around saying, I wish I had this, I wish I had that, and if I had this, I had that, oh, I'd really be content. You know, <laughs> he's saying, be content with what you have. What you have as a believer is me, is Jesus. You have everything in me. You have it all. Don't walk around like a son of the king mumbling about pocket change if you could simply get this little thing and that. You have everything in me. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You have it all. That's sort of what the theme is in Psalm 16. You and I have it all in Jesus. So be content. Lord, make my heart content. It's not the next trinket or thing or experience or trip or degree or athletic conquest. They're okay in their place if they're not immoral or illegal, I guess. Well, you have everything in Jesus. Oh, I pray that you come to know what that means in a greater way. I pray that I come to experience that in a greater way so that uh, uh, the joy of the Lord would just be my strength. And uh, no matter what befalls me, it would be from my heart, Jesus does, does all things well. And that my contentment would only be in him. Contentment, David's going to tell us, both now and forever. And I just remind you that he does a P.S. after death at the end of this psalm. He talks about after death. The world talks about death, that's it. Strike the tent, it's over. David's going like, and then after death, after death, Yes, after death. You've showed me the path of life. Wow. It's terrific, really. Well, let's stand and be dismissed. Thank you for your patience. Let's read this. And rather, it's such a gold gem, I don't want to rush through it. Uh, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Reread Psalm 16, and we'll revisit it. Father, thank you so much for this day and for this hour. And thank you, Lord, for each one that's here. May we find our utter contentment in you. Not in the things that call for us. For the advertisement wants to make us discontent until we buy. And then it's a lie, really. It never satisfies. Never. Only Jesus. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Only Jesus. As David said, for the boundary lines for me have fallen in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. Lord, bless us as we leave. Encourage us. Strengthen us as we leave to into your mission field, and we'll thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are dismissed.